0: Hello Hawks fans and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we're talking about the Hawks' dramatic 114-111 to win over the Indiana Pacers. After that tough loss to the New York Knicks, the Hawks go up and get a win on the road. Trae Young has a monster game, 33 points and 10 assists, and the Hawks are able to hold on in the fourth quarter to get a win in Indiana. Without further ado, let's get into it. It wasn't pretty, but the Hawks went up to Indiana and got a win against the Indiana Pacers. It was Nate McMillan's 700th career win, which is pretty funny because he was not on the sideline out of an abundance of caution. He had isolated himself. He did not have a positive COVID test, but his son, who is on the Atlanta Hawks coaching staff, did. And so Nate McMillan decided to stay away from the team and let Chris Gent, who is his head assistant coach, Coach the Hawks in this one. And the Hawks went up and they got the win. After that tough loss to the Knicks, it was really nice for the Hawks to get a win. And this was a game. Most of the games this season for the Hawks have either been a big win for them or a big loss. They haven't had a lot of close games. And it was nice to see them have a close game in this one. Um, I think this was one that although they eked it out, they should have had a v- easier victory than they end up di- having. But it was good to see the Hawks hold on and get a win, and this was their first win as well after they had been down at the end of the third quarter coming back and getting a win. But the Hawks went into this one without Bogdan Bogdanovich. No Cam Reddish. DeAndre Hunter was unavailable, and Aneka Kang was all unavailable. So that elevated TLC, Timothy, Luau Cabarro to the starting lineup, and the Hawks got off in the first quarter, finding TLC in the corner for an open three-pointer. And it would be a first quarter where both teams shot the ball extremely well. Um, it was a lot of offense in the first quarter, and with uh about four minutes to go in this one, actually, the Pacers had a four point lead twenty seven to twenty three and the Hawks called a timeout and from that point on, the Hawks would go on a ten o run and ultimately win the quarter thirty eight to twenty nine There was a lot of good ball movement. By the first unit, um, Trey Young was really finding his teammates. He would end the first half with eight assists. And then when the second unit came in, Lou Williams was able to create for himself. DeLon Wright had a really strong first half. Those two combined for 20 points in the first half, a first half where the Hawks would score 65 points. And that's kind of what you want this Hawks team to do. They're very good offensively. They would end up having 13 assists in the first half. When they can get up to that, you know, twenty-five to thirty assists in the in the game, they're usually going to get a win. So it was really encouraging for the Hawks to have so many assists in the first half, and then for have Lude come in and really carry the offense um, from the end of the first half into the second quarter. And uh, I thought Delon Wright did that as well. He had a, Delon Wright had an awesome play, where an out of bounds play, he got the ball to Danilo Gallinari. And then Gallo got it right back to right for a lay-in. Um, and it was kind of the best we had seen offensively from right in a while. And for him to have those nine first-half points, he would finish the game with 11, was just really encouraging. He's going to have to have a bigger role, especially with the wings out for the Hawks. But in the second quarter, the Hawks would continue to play with good passing. They would end the, uh, end the quarter on a big run that – really was a lot of Trey Young. Um, Trey spent a lot of the first part of this game getting his teammates involved. He would finish again the first half with eight assists, but he would close this first half um, assisting or hitting three-pointers that helped the Hawks build a 65-57 to lead at halftime. Um, The one kind of worrying part of the first half was just how the Pacers were getting all of their shots in the paint. They did hit a couple three-pointers, It's funny that the Pacers' best three-point shooters are their big men. Both DeMontis, Sabonis, and Miles Turner's hit multiple threes in this game. Um, But the Hawks were not able to stop the Pacers from getting in the paint. And that would show out at the end of the game. The Hawks would be outscored in the paint fifty two to thirty-eight, and that's really what kept the pacers in this game. That was really powered by their point guard Malcolm Brogdon, who was able to use his size against Trey Young and get into the the paint, get close to the basket. Both Sabonis and Miles Turner are very good around the basket. Uh Sabonis in particular just had a very nice game where he had twenty two points, ten rebounds and four assists. Um and the Pacers were able to hang around because of their real dominance in the paint. I thought that the Pacers did a nice job as well, really focusing on not letting the Hawks get lobs and not letting the Hawks big men, whether it was John Collins or Clint Capella, get easy looks, especially in that first half. Um, In the first half, Capella would just have four points. John Collins would just have eight, and they were really being stymied at the rim. JC in particular, he doesn't always get a lot of foul calls, and in this one in particular, He had a couple of uh, runs to the basket where he just couldn't get a shot up. Uh, There was three, I remember, where he makes a run to the basket, and usually J.C. is at least able to get the ball up on the rim, up on the backboard, and Sabonis or Turner was there to um, prevent J.C. from getting to the basket. But, um, of course, you're not going to keep John Collins and Clint Capella off the rim for the entire night, but I thought that the Pacers did a really nice job on focusing – on those two Hawks players and keeping them from getting loose, especially in the first half. Um, Trey Young would finish with 15 points in the first half. And then Kevin Herter had a really nice first half as well. He would finish with 15 points. He was six of eight from the field, three of four from his three-pointers. The Hawks overall were 10 of 15 from the three-point line in the first half. And that really set the tone for them and helped them build that eight-point lead going in at halftime. Now in the third quarter... Trey Young would really carry the scoring for the Hawks, but the Pacers would put together 31 points in the period and really kind of take all the momentum from the Hawks. Uh, the Hawks weren't getting really any calls, and the Pacers would win the period 31-22. to 22. They shot the ball 60% from the field, 50% from the three-point line. Um, it was just kind of really taking it to the Hawks, and the Hawks would need a a uh, free throw at the end of the period to hang within one by Lou Williams. Lou again had those 11 first half points. Um, he would finish with 12, the one free throw being his only points in the second half, but the Hawks really couldn't get anything going and the Pacers continued to pound the paint. Um, there were a lot of opportunities for the Hawks to kind of extend the lead or not let the, the Pacers cut into the lead, but the Pacers just did a nice job of hitting tough shots uh Lamb in particular hit a couple of really difficult shots in the lane. He also hit a three-pointer. Um Duarte was able to get into the paint and the Hawks just couldn't contain the pacers in that third period. Um the one positive for the Hawks is although Trey almost played the entire third period and he would have kind of carried the offense in that period, he was able to come off with about one thirty to go. And then the second unit for the Hawks Really, powered by Danilo Gallinari, who would hit three three pointers in a row from the second or from the end of the third period going into the fourth, they were able to take that one point deficit and build a lead for the Hawks and allow Trey Young to get some rest before the final stretch of the game. now, in the fourth quarter, this game went back and forth. the Hawks were kind of able to take control um they were able to get good performances down the stretch from John Collins hit was able to finally get to the free throw line, although he hit one free throw that allowed the Pacers to hang in this one. Um, Trey Young, again, kind of lost his hot shooting. He would close the game, missing all of his shots from the field, but would get to the free throw line and ultimately finish the game with 33 points. Um, But the Hawks were kind of able to do just enough. Clint Capella had two key putbacks. He had a wild um hook shot that went in where the hawks got the ball out of a timeout and ran it to the end of the clock i thought tlc in particular passed the ball up when he was right under the rim Um, but the ball found the its way to clint capella at the end of the shot clock and capella was able to make a wild hook shot and then there was another play where tlc who would finish the game with eight points two of the uh he had two three-pointers um, one of the three-pointers coming in the fourth quarter that was just a wild shot at the end of the shot clock as well that kind of had good defense. The The Pacers did a nice job, and TLC was just able to hit the shot. A red velvet jumper at the end of the fourth quarter would make it 109-103, to 103, and the Hawks seemingly had control of this one going into the last couple minutes of the game. Uh, Karis Levert would make a spinning wild shot in the paint to cut that lead to 109 to 105. Um, TLC missed a corner three. Sabonis would get fouled and only make one of two free throws uh, to make it 109 to 106. And this was where Trey was able to get into the paint and Clint Capella followed up the Trey Young miss with a big jam. And this was at about one minute to go in the game. And uh, both uh, Bob and Neek were wondering. Did Trey actually throw the ball off the backboard to Clint Capella, or was that really a miss? And regardless if it was a pass or not, it it fell right to Clint Capella. There was really no challenge from anyone else, and Capella was able to put it down to make it 111 to 106 with about a minute to go. Now this was kind of where the Hawks broke down a little bit. The Pacers called a timeout, and after the timeout, Bog- Malcolm Brogdon was able to get a quick two where he went straight to the basket kind of uncontested and made it, and suddenly it was 111-108 to 108 with about 40 seconds to go. The Hawks would run the clock, and they would finally find John Collins rolling down to the basket, and he would get fouled. Now, the Hawks had had a tough time getting the ball to J.C. the entire game. In particular, I thought Kevin Herter was trying to find John Collins for a lot of this game, and a lot of his lobs would either go too far, they would get stolen by one of the Pacers players. He just was unable to find J.C., And this was an opportunity where he did get the ball to John Collins because of all the attention that was being played to Trey Young. But Herter found uh, John Collins going to the basket. J.C. was able to get the ball up and get fouled. And so it was a shooting foul. But J.C., who's shooting 79% on the season, and I swear he misses one free throw every game. He will make the rest of the free throws. He will make every other free throw, but he always seems to go one of two his first two opportunities at the free throw line. He would only make one of two, which made it one twelve to one Oh eight with about 40 seconds to go. Um, The Pacers would call timeout again and they would get the ball to Karis Levert who'd go to the basket and he would be just completely denied by Clint Capella. Capella had a monster block, but the ball went straight to Jeremy Lamb who made a three pointer. It wasn't a pure three pointer that, swished it bounced around the rim a little bit but he made the three-pointer to cut the lead to 112 to 111 now the Hawks had the ball with about 30 seconds to go they get it to Trey Young who's able to be at the top of the key and then Trey Young loses it uh, to Chris Duarte who takes the ball and tries to go for a layup Kevin Herter is there makes a challenge for the layup and Duarte just misses he goes up with his left hand and misses and He is looking for a foul call. The entire Pacers, the entire stadium is looking for a foul call. And on the replay, it does look like Kevin Herter grabs his Jersey and bothers him a little bit, but they kind of release and the Hawks get the ball to Trey young who gets fouled with less than about a second, 1.2 seconds left to go. Trey is able to make those free throws and the Hawks get out with a 114 to 111 victory after The game the next day, the officials released their report, and they did say that it was an incorrect no-call, that um, Herter did bother Duarte enough for it to have been called a foul. It should have been called a foul, but in the game, they didn't get it done. Even after Trey made those two free throws, Malcolm Brogdon got a shot attempt up, a half-court heave, and he almost made the shot, but uh, the Hawks did enough at the end of this game to get a win. They were up by enough. It it should not have gotten as close as it did, but they went up and got a win. And, you know, it was a strong performance up and down the roster for this Hawks team. It starts with Trey Young, who had 33 points on 13 of 27 shooting. He was just three of seven on three of 10 on his three pointers. Um, But he had eight rebounds, 10 assists, two steals. His steals were very good. He was able to kind of generate um, easy offense for the Hawks on those steals. Kevin Herter also had a similar steal where he was able to knock the ball away, found its way to John Collins, who was on his butt. John Collins threw a full-length pass to um, Kevin Herter, who was able to lay it in. But Trey Young, thirty-three and ten, just continues to play great basketball. Two steals, four turnover, just four turnovers to those ten assists. Um, and he was plus three. Now, JC just had 14 points in this one, but he was a game-high plus 22. The Hawks were plus 22 when he was on the court. He was 5 of 8 from the field, 3 of 3 on three-pointers. You know what I'm going to say if you've been listening to this podcast. Uh, John Collins can get up four three-pointers every game. He's too good of a shooter not to, just one of two from the free-throw line. He had three rebounds, two assists, a steal, and four blocks. His defense was incredible. He also drew a charge in this game but he was coming over and getting a lot of blocks. Now his rebounding, the Pacers are a big team and they did a nice job on the glass, I thought. It was very even on the glass. Uh, The Hawks had 41 rebounds, seven of those offensive. The Pacers had 40 rebounds, eight of those offensive. Um, Second chance points were four in the Hawks to 14 from the Pacers, but uh, this was very even on the paint, in the paint, and that was really because Miles Turner and Montes Sabonis are just very good at owning the paint, and then Quint Capella on the Hawks side. Um, but JC would finish with those 14 points, three rebounds, two assists, a steal, and four blocks. Kevin Herter, 19 points, eight of 11 shooting, three of four from three point land. This is exactly what the Hawks need from Red Velvet with Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, and Bogdan Bogdanovich out. Um, I thought he did a really nice job getting his shot and and finding his shot and and draining them. One area he can work on for sure is passing. I thought he was trying to get into the pick and roll with John Collins or Clint Capella, and it just wasn't quite working. But at the end of the game, he was able to find John Collins um, for that layup that turned into free throws. But um, strong shooting, especially in that first half from Red Velvet, and it's something that we're going to continue to need to see from him going forward. Clint Capello would finish with just eight points, but he had four huge points in that fourth quarter. He was four of nine from the field, nine rebounds, three of those offensive. He had four assists, two blocks, um, and then TLC rounds out the starters. He had eight points, three of six shooting, two of five on his three-pointers. He had three rebounds, one assist, and one block. He is out there just to shoot three-pointers and play defense. Um... Again, I think it was very cool for the Hawks to get him a shot to start the game. I think starting games, the Hawks have been very deliberate with who they want shooting those first shots. And so to get TLC a shot early on and kind of get his um, confidence up is something very good to see. And I think also it really shows Trey Young trying to get his teammates going early and then get himself going later. Danilo Gallinari got off and did not shoot the ball very well in this one he was just three of nine from the field three of nine on his threes but he made those three straight three pointers at the end of the third quarter and to start the fourth quarter that really lifted the Hawks and helped them build a lead they were able to hang on to he had six rebounds and three assists DeLon Wright and Lou Williams we talked about they provided a real spark in that first half and without them the Hawks would not have been able to have been up eight points at halftime and DeLon Wright being comfortable really going at the basket um, and handling the ball. I thought he was really nice. He'd finish with five rebounds, one of them offensive and two assists. He was plus one. And Lou Williams would finish with 12 points um, and two rebounds. And he was plus five in this game. Finally, Solo, uh, Solomon Hill played in this one. He was not hugely impactful, he had one rebound and one assist. Um, but solo, it kind of knows what he needs to do and kind of stays out of the way for the rest of these Hawks players on the Pacers side of things, Malcolm Brogdon would finish with 27 points, six rebounds, nine assists, and three steals. The big guard for the Pacers was able to find his way in the paint pretty much unchallenged for much, much of the night. He was able to get there and make layups. He did a lot of getting into the paint. And I thought that the Hawks did a much better job of kind of limiting the, Pacers paint points in the second half, but Malcolm did a very good job getting into the paint and keeping the Pacers in this one. Sabonis would hit a couple three-pointers. He'd finish with 22 points, 10 rebounds, and four assists. Miles Turner, it's funny to see a big man get so many of his points from the perimeter, but he'd finish with 17 points, nine rebounds, a steal, and two blocks. And then finally, Jeremy Lamb came in off the bench. He had 11 points, eight of them in the first half um the final 3 coming in the fourth quarter that would get the pacers within one um five rebounds and a block Jeremy Lamb of course is from the Atlanta area um but he did a nice job off the bench for the pacers the hawks would shoot really well from three point land 16 of 33 for 48% just 10 of 12 from their free throws the pacers were able to get to the free throw line a little bit more than the hawks were they were 13 of 16 One of those free throw attempts was a technical on Chris Gent, who again was filling in for Nate McMillan. And there was a big part in the third quarter where the Pacers were able to get three straight free throws because of a foul and that technical. Brogdon knocked down all three and was able able to push the Pacers ahead. Um, The Hawks got 24 assists to 13 turnovers. They had eight blocks, four of those from John Collins. Um, They'd finish with 32 points off their bench compared to 28 from the Pacers and nine fast break points compared to 11 from the Pacers. Um, Big win for the Hawks, one where it got closer at the end than it should have been, but to go up and after, especially on the second night of a back-to-back and after a tough loss to the Knicks, for the Hawks to go up um, and on the road get a win is impressive. They moved to... 12-10 12-10 and 10 on the season, and they will be playing the 76ers on Friday night next. So we will be back to talk about that game. But the Hawks go up, get a win in Indiana, and um, they move on to face the 76ers on Friday night. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!